When you're ready to ride Metro, we want you to know we're ready for you. Here are just a few of the people at Metro to tell you how we're doing our part to keep riders safe. We're cleaning like never before, with hospital-grade cleaning. You'll find hand sanitizer stations all over the Metro. No mask, no Metro. Need one? We have a few extras. At Metro, we're doing our part to keep the D.C. area moving. Find out more at wmata.com slash doingourpart. Episode 1315 of No BS Job Search Advice Radio. I'm Jeff Alton, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome to another, I'll call it a best of show that I'm doing for my show, Job Search Radio. And as I mentioned earlier this week, when I originally launched Job Search Radio, which is the number two show in Job Search and Apple Podcasts behind this one, I did it as a 30-minute interview show where I would talk with experts about job search. And on this one, I spoke with a woman who was doing recruiting for a company in California about what they looked for when they were looking at resumes, interviewing people, negotiating, and the like. And it's definitely worth a listen. Hope you find it helpful. Hope you give it a great review. And if you like this, I want to encourage you you know, I've got this site, JobSearchCoachingHQ.com, where I have curated information that you can watch, listen to, or read that will help you find work more quickly. Plus, I discount my coaching services if you become a member. So again, JobSearchCoachingHQ.com. Come join. There's a lot of great stuff there. And with that, let's get going. I like to start each show with what I call a job search insider tip that's designed to give you some actionable information that you can work with between shows. And today's tip is about using job boards, which is a subject I haven't addressed yet. I'll get to eventually, but uh, I try and spend most of my time talking about networking. But for those of you who want to use job boards, here's one of the best pieces of advice I can give you. Now, if you understand how job boards work, when you upload a resume to a job board for someone else to search and find, you're at the topmost position for whatever the keywords are that someone's searching for. But as time progresses, as other people upload resumes, what starts to happen is you drop down further and further and further. And thus, what starts to happen is you wind up on page two or page three or page 33 of someone's searches. I can assure you by the time you get to page two, no one's going to find you because we all are very busy. We get interrupted. It takes time. So here's the tip about how to wind up positioning yourself on page one and regularly at the top of page one on a job board. On most boards, what you're able to do is log back on and make an edit to your resume. And in making it as edit, I want you to go to the end of the resume, skip a few lines, and put a period in. The next day or two days later, you come back and you delete the period. Each time you make a change to your resume, you're putting yourself in the top position on that board for search results. And that's going to increase the odds that people are going to find you in using the board. So that's my tip for this time. We'll be back next time with another tip on a different subject.
So my guest this time is Emily Quinn, who's the first technical recruiter hired by MindBody Incorporated, a software firm that's developed studio management software for yoga, Pilates, personal training, dance, martial arts, day spas, and salons. She was raised in Silicon Valley and received her undergraduate degree from Beloit College. She then returned to the Pacific Coast, worked in recruiting for a search firm, and then moved into corporate recruiting with a focus on technical IT and software positions. Emily, welcome to Job Search Radio. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Before we start, is it true that palm trees and in-office massages and mind-body make the day just a little bit happier? Uh, very much so. Yep. Thursday, I had a massage, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Sadly, I had to walk outside into another part of the building, and being the, the hottest temperature in the country that day at 91, it was a little bit on the warm side. But, um, hey, uh, that's what you get for living in San Luis. That should be the biggest problem of the day. It is. It is. <laughs> So how do you or your firm find someone to evaluate or interview? Or maybe I should ask, how do people find you and your firm uh, to apply for positions? Well, uh, we have a really good name in San Luis Obispo, uh, which is our headquarters, as well as we have a really good name within the industries that our software caters to, which is great for finding sales, but a little bit hard for finding software developers, unless you happen to be a practitioner of yoga. Um, so the main way is we've got our main careers page on our main website. People apply through there, but we're also active on LinkedIn, um, social media like Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram. I think I just named off all the social media platforms we're on. Um, and then we, of course, post jobs in other places depending on uh, the specific specific job, whether it's software development or customer service or sales or finance. We've got a little bit of everything. So um, we post jobs all around, and they all link back to that main career site um, so that you can apply. And, folks, I asked Emily this question as a way of giving you an idea how firms are doing outreach in order to, to draw you into them. Uh, and, and connect with you. And thus, here's the next part of this. How do you evaluate these people? What do you look for that's going to make someone interesting or appealing to you and, and the other folks at MindBody? Well, um, research shows actually that a recruiter spends an average of six seconds looking at a resume before deciding if they're going to talk to you, if they want to talk to you, which means you have six seconds on average to impress us which is, um, it sounds rather negative, but you have to realize with the amount of time I spend looking at resumes, six seconds uh, does sound about accurate to me. If I have to spend any more than that, figuring out if you're going to be the right person with the right technical skills, you're probably not. It's not obvious enough, and so I can find somebody who does have the obvious skills I'm looking for. Now, I focus on software development roles. So I do things a little bit different than our customer service or our sales recruiter when they're focused on those types of positions. But it's the, always that mix of the technical skills and the cultural fit. Um, and your resume is the first place we look to see that uh, that kind of comes through a little bit, which is why it's important to have details, facts, numbers, metrics, uh, and a little bit more about yourself. Some of your personality come through on that resume. 
It's interesting. Um, you know, you talked about a number of different ways that people can reach you and now a number of different ways that you evaluate. That six-second principle, I've clocked myself for a long time, six, seven seconds tops. Um, if you can't communicate in that amount of time what it is that relates to what I'm looking for and apparently what you're looking for, there's always another resume that's going to make it clear to us. Exactly. So do you use filters or search criteria, or is it just a visual scan that you have? Is there something between um, the system when people apply and you that's going to evaluate a resume too? Uh, we use an applicant tracking system that does not have um, any sort of filters set on it. There are a few questions that we have set up depending on the location of the position. We have offices outside of San, San Luis Obispo, um, but it asks, would you relocate to the area that this job is in, um, and making sure people actually want to live here. We do very few telecommute roles, and most of the time that only is a possibility after you've worked for us for a while in our offices, since we really value the immediate collaboration that can happen in an office space, and also asking, what is your required salary or hourly rate for this? Because we do have set budgets for some roles, and we don't want to waste your time when we get on the phone with somebody and realize they're not going to work for that amount of money um, or something like that. So there's a few filters in that way, but I visually look at them and decide if, um, if I want to talk to them or if, hmm, they might have flexibility from that or if you write, you know, like, like anything, you can always kind of game the system, you write negotiable or TBD or something like that. You can usually get through. Um, a lot of people because they go, darn, they didn't give me a specific number. But we don't have any formal software that is keyword searching. I do that manually. I do a quick read over the resume, do a manual search for some of those big words, uh, Scrum, Agile, uh, C-sharp.net, or maybe if it's um, one of my roles that's focused on uh, our network operations center, it'll be things like Cisco trying to find Cisco product uh, usage or CCNA if you have uh, certifications. So then it really depends uh, job to job. But then I do some quick keyword searching through it just to see what pops up. I just want to backtrack for a second because you used an acronym that I don't know if everyone knows. You used the term PVD. Uh, what is that? I used what term? Sorry? I oh, PVD, uh, to be determined. Ah. Uh, so when somebody says to be determined, uh, negotiable, or let's chat on the phone first. You know, some people can uh, will game the system that way when asked uh, salary questions on applications, um, which in some ways can get you through the door a little bit farther because uh, you're not giving up anything yet. Now, you mentioned earlier that when you're looking at resumes, you're doing a quick visual scan for a number of criteria. Uh, and you mentioned metrics in particular. Um, I know an earlier guest I had on the show, Hal Klegman, is someone that you know. Uh, and Hal spoke about the importance of metrics uh, when evaluating people. How do you use metrics as part of your assessment process? What sort of things do you tend to look for? Uh, well, what's so important is allowing the recruiter by reading your resume and your cover letter, if you decide to, to write one, to understand what you've already done and how you've already done it. And you have to give facts, you have to give data, numbers, metrics, uh, hard, hard evidence to support your assertions of 
best salesperson on my team six months running. Well, what does that mean? How many sales? Uh, what did that look like for you? Even if I don't know the total context of the metric, at least I have an idea that you can speak to specifics on it. So putting it on your resume is really great because not only can I then go to my hiring manager um, and say, hey, look at what they've already done. We need somebody to be able to do this here as well. Uh, and you've already proven your, your ability to do something we need. But also, um, it's – and I forgot where I was going with the second part of that. The coffee clearly hasn't kicked in yet. I'm sorry. Um, but I mean, what, <laughs> it's really important to be able to go to my hiring manager and say, look at what they've already done, and that then you can speak to it more in the interview. We can dig in deeper. Now, on the other side, uh, there are some standard metrics that are really useful. I do recruiting for our IT department. And so what I've asked for a number of different roles is what's the availability of your system? I want to know, is it four nines, five nines? And that means is it 99.99% uptime during the year? What's that unplanned downtime look like? Uh, because some systems, they don't mind if it's down 3% of the time. It's not a big system. Maybe they don't have clients all over the world. They're not doing 24-7 tech support. But we have a big system that does. We have clients in 87 countries. If our system goes down unexpectedly, Someone will notice, and they will call tech support. And tech support will call IT and say, hey, what's going on with that? And so we have to have really high availability. So that's another number that's a bit more standardized that I may look for and is really, really useful in my judgment of, has this person done a job that I now need them to do? And that's, uh, folks, it brings me to the point of, when organizations are asking you for certain types of, of information in their advertising, in social media, on their website, they're doing it for a reason. They want to get a sense of size and scope of what you've been involved with to compare with their particular needs. Now, yes, you may get a phone call uh, from someone who's going to probe further. As Emily mentioned, there are ways to game the system. But to what end? After all, all that's going to happen is within three minutes, people are going to find out that you don't have the relevant experience, and they're going to be polite, and they will get you off the phone, and you're never going to talk with them again. Certainly, you're not going to meet with them. So if they're asking you for certain types of information in their advertising, give it to them. If it fits, great. If it doesn't, it saves your time. It saves their time. Thank you for that little commercial there. <laughs> and, and Emily, I, I must a little candor say, there's lots of different jobs that, you, that you're trying to fill, and obviously you're bringing in people ultimately to meet with them, not just do a, a phone screen. When you're transitioning from the phone to the in-person, are there different sorts of things that you're looking for in an individual uh, when you interview them? Well, a lot of what I do is that mix of a basic level technical screening. I'm the first person to say I am terrible at coding, but I have a really high BS meter. I can tell when you're lying to me. Um, but so I, so I want to get to know, have you worked with our technologies before? Can you talk in detail about a situation that was stressful? How did you handle it? How do you work with people? But then I also really, really work – uh, towards figuring out if someone is what we call at MindBody a core values fit. We have seven core values that are listed on our website, 
And those are some things that we use at MindBody not only to um, decide what business to go into, what new verticals to go after, what partners to work with, but also we use it on a day-to-day basis in our languaging. Is someone being humble and helpful? Uh, are you continuously evolving? We really want to know that and we really want to focus on that. And so our quarterly bonus structure is also based on the core values. Every quarter, we sit down with our manager, you write out goals that you're going to work on through that quarter that align with those core values. How are you committed to wellness? How are you embodying the four C's of leadership? And if you achieve them, you get the quarterly bonus cash payout based on company profits. But it means that for us, our bonus structure is not guaranteed. You have to work on it. You have to want to work on it. It's going to vary a little bit, but that it truly embodies the word bonus. And so I spend a lot of time in my conversations, my first round, those kind of follow-up calls, how did the interview go, are you still interested in us, all of that kind of, uh, those kind of communications. And then our hiring managers spend a lot of that time in person um, and even through more technical interviews, figuring out, is this person a core value fit with mind body? We hire full-time. Very rarely do we hire contractors. And so we want people who are going to be with us for the long term and want to be with us for the long term. Does your website communicate the core values to people? Is that how people find out about them in advance? That is one of the ways you can read about them before you get on the phone with us. Um, Sometimes people don't encounter them. They don't look on that specific page of the website. And that's okay. We know not everybody's going to do that. But I really encourage people to look for that for any company you're looking at. Maybe you don't see them before you apply, but before you get on the phone to interview or to do a basic screening, try and find that mission statement, those values that a company lives by, and figure out, is this a place that I want to be? Is this a place that feels like it's going to be comfortable for me? And read up on that. Spend those five minutes on the website before the phone interview because it can mean the difference between, thanks so much for chatting with me. I know it's only been a five-minute conversation, but I'm going to end it right now because you don't know what we do. And thanks so much. I want to work to get you a phone interview with our hiring manager. It really can be that different. And I know a lot of firms don't embody their core values uh, as yours does. Uh, I, I can't tell you the number of organizations that have approached me at times. Uh, I talk with them about their values, and it's as though I'm talking to, to someone in a foreign language. They just don't understand what I'm talking about. And yours does. And thus, for each of you out there listening, it's important to at least be familiar with the espoused values that a firm has set down, number one, for your own comfort, after all, do you want to be associated with a firm that represents or embodies something that you don't believe in? And number two is it's always interesting to find out whether they're congruent with their mission statement, whether the behaviors of the people that you meet with are going to be that consistent. It may not be you know, the most important thing that helps you make a decision, but it may be a factor in something that you should consider as well. And and I know you also spoke about stressful situations that the job applicant might be in, uh, might have been in in their work. Um, I know that's also important to folks. Could you give give our listeners a sense of of some of the stressful situations that you look for in someone? Well, it really varies person to person, but while I want somebody to be honest, I also want somebody to 
know how to select a scenario or a story or an example from their past that's relevant to the job. That means preferably talk about something that has to do with the technologies that MindBody has, or even if you're not interviewing with MindBody, that that job is looking for. Talk about something relevant. If I ask for, you know, what's a rest, uh, recent stressful situation, how you played a part in it, how long it took to, to resolve things, Especially in this day and age where technologies, whether it's networking or software or um, any any sort of technology related where it's something that's going to be updating constantly, don't tell me about something that's 10 years old because that shows me that you're not up to date on certain things. Tell me about a situation that's happened in the last year or two so that you can still speak to those specifics. Tell me how long did it take to resolve so again, metrics, data, numbers, timeline, that's all very, very useful. You betcha they are. And, and you just said something I want to make sure people get, and that is stories that relate to the situation. Now, you and I are now speaking about a lot of IT situations, but it's true for any type of job. When you're applying for a position, when you're interviewing for a job, it's so important to tie the bow for the interviewer to make them understand that you've been in a similar seat to the, to the one that they're trying to have filled and that you can relate to their circumstances. And stories are one of the best ways to do it because it really allows them to get a, a sense of size and scope, what your role was, uh, what the situation was that you stepped into, what you were able to personally do in order to solve the situation, how you became a hero to your organization. And again, that helps you stand out by comparison to your competition that may not be well prepared. And thus, you know, it's always good to have a few stories lined up based upon what you may know about the firm going into the meeting in order to be able to tie the bow for them uh, so clearly. This, yeah, it works for finance, it works for sales, it works for business development and customer service. It's not technology specific, it's not a technical um, specific question. Everybody's going to want to know, how have you handled the situation like the ones you're going to handle here? Tell me about it. Right. And as one of my earlier guests uh, used the example of a mechanic, well, what size shop were you in? You know, how did you perform? What sort of situations were you in different than the other mechanics uh, that you, you were able to achieve in? It doesn't matter what the job is. It's always about you and your ability to serve the end client, which in those cases is a business or a garage in the example of a mechanic, uh, and be able to provide the best level of service and relate it to the situation that you're interviewing for. Mm -hmm. So what else do you tend to look for in, some, in, in someone that you're interviewing? Are there any other tips that you can give people for what uh, a recruiter is looking for when they're evaluating? It differs a little bit between working with a recruiter from an outside staffing firm and someone who works internally at an organization. One of the reasons I made the switch from staffing to corporate recruitment is so that I could spend more time with my hiring managers, those uh, directors, sometimes just senior managers, even C-level executives who are doing hiring. I could spend more time with them and their teams and figure out the personality fit. That's a lot of my job is, hmm, 
would somebody want to pop their head off at the end of the day because they're annoyed with this person? That's literally sometimes what I have to think. And I go, no, this is going to be somebody that I don't think fits well within this specific team. Is this somebody that my team, because I feel very, uh, very much like I have ownership over these teams as I get to know them. Is this something that, is this someone that my team could work with for 40 plus hours a week and then still want to go see a movie with on Saturday afternoon? And that's so much of uh, the other part of it, that cultural fit. So when people say, thanks so much for interviewing, it feels like you're not quite a cultural fit, it's usually about personality on the team. You know how important it is as anyone who's ever worked with another human being to make sure that you're comfortable with them and you can spend time with them. And so that's really what I uh, look for so much in my first screening is cultural fit overall at MindBody. Do you fit our core values and do you fit this team? You might not be the right fit for one team I'm looking for for that job, but you could be a great fit somewhere else in our organization with another hiring manager, with another director in another department. And I'm always aware of the other jobs that are being looked for so that if that comes up, I can go to another recruiter and say, hey, I found this person. They're not right for me and my teams. I don't think they'd be a fit with so-and-so, but I think they're going to be a great fit for you. And fit is an interesting term, and, and I think we've spoken about this before because fit used to be one of those terms that was one of those veiled terms used to, to deal with bias. You know, this person is different than the rest of us over here. They're female, we're all male. How, are, how is she going to fit in? Or we're all from Southern California, and this person's from another country with a completely different nationality. Uh, than the rest of us here. How are they going to fit in? Thank goodness things have changed over the years where that's less of, of an issue uh, for organizations uh, because they have become much more um, not homogenous, uh, diverse uh, in their orientation, at least in the United States. I can't speak to it in other countries, folks. So... What last little bits of advice could you offer people for how to conduct themselves with a corporate recruiter? What, what sort of suggestions can you give them uh, that would, would bring everything together for them? Well, one of the top things is that I am the first person that my hiring manager is going to talk to in regards to their applicant pool. I'm the person they come to and they say, Who's applied? They may have access to our applicant tracking system. They may have been on the emails when your application comes in, but they're going to rely on me and my knowledge of their team and of the company and of the technology stack to judge the right person for their team. They're going to trust me. And so you have to trust me as well that everything is for our best interest and yours. I don't want an employee to be unhappy. Why would I want one of my team members to be unhappy where they work? You're going to be my coworker too. I want to find the best fit for everyone involved. So please trust me on that. And I think with corporate recruitment, you have to realize we are the person they trust. There's no, um, there's no step between me. I work with C-level executives on a daily basis to figure out their teams. I am that connection into the company. So you have to trust me so that I can trust you. On the other side of that, I give everyone, whether I'm supporting one-on-one -on -one resume review and mock interview, uh, mock interviews internally, 
or even just giving advice to my friends, I have three rules for applying for any job, whatever the company. And some of this is actually based off of a piece of advice that Hal Kleigman gave me years ago when I was uh, fresh out of college and looking for a job myself. But I've added oh, to it. Three Hal. rules, please. I have three rules, and um, and so Hal, uh, I apologize for adding to your rules, but I did. <laughs> Um, so the first thing is be honest or you won't be happy. Be honest with yourself and what you want and what you need or you're not going to be happy where you are. The second rule, follow the directions. If we say apply through our careers page, apply through our careers page. Follow the directions. You are already being looked at the second I see your name pop up in my email box, my LinkedIn box, whatever way you're trying to connect with me. Follow the directions. And three, apply about the job and forget about it. It's a lot easier if you let go of that application after you hit send. Don't worry about it. Don't lose sleep over it. It's my dream job. It's my dream company. If it's your dream job and it's your dream company and it's meant to be, you'll get the job. If not, that's not the place you're meant to be. Hit send, forget about it, and let it go. It's so much easier to get on with your day that way. That last one is so hard for so many people. Um, they do. That's the one Hal gave me. Yeah, that's Hal's <laughs> advice. Apply and forget it. And it's very true. And it's true for third-party recruiters as well. Uh, we evaluate and assess people all day long. We believe they're a great fit. We try and present it to a client like you. Uh, and you know better than we do about what you're looking for. Uh, sometimes people in my profession get confused about that uh, and get too invested uh, in getting the interview for someone. We have to also remember, send it and forget it too. Mm -hmm. So Emily, how could someone find out about available positions at MindBody? Uh, so there's multiple ways. Everything will link back to our careers page, which is mindbodyonline.com slash careers, or you can just go to the mindbodyonline.com website, learn more about us, and you can find a link to the careers page. Everything is always listed there, anything we're currently looking for. We're also on Twitter, mindbody underscore jobs. We're on Facebook. We're on Tumblr, and we're on Instagram as well. Um, and you should be able to find links to those through our uh, Twitter page. The other three are relatively new, so um, they're a bit harder to find. Uh, but those are ways that you can interact directly with us, uh, replying, uh, hashtagging us, um, you know, retweeting us. We're on the other end. We will respond to the best of our ability as fast as we can. Um, we do want to interact with people in that way. Um, we also post jobs on LinkedIn. We have a whole LinkedIn uh, page for MindBody. We have articles about us, about our locations, um, and we're hiring here in San Luis Obispo, California, East Hampton, New York, Bedfordshire in the UK, London, and in Sydney, Australia. Fabulous. I want to offer a quick summary of some of the points that, that have been made on this show. Please correct me if I have any of them wrong, okay? Mm -hmm. So uh, number one is make sure a resume demonstrates a fit and to use metrics uh, in your resume where possible to demonstrate that fit. Be prepared with stories to talk about stressful situations uh, that you've been in. Stories go a long way toward demonstrating a fit, both uh, uh, on a resume, 
it's not done quite in story form there, but, but certainly in an interview. Uh, look at the firm's core values and make sure that somewhere along the line in your, in your interviewing, you're able to demonstrate it. Remember, recruiters are looking for a fit. And that's just not simply a skill fit, but that's a human fit as well. Uh, last point I wanted to emphasize, and I'm going to tack on one on top of that, trust the recruiter for that firm. They know better than you what's going to work for that organization. Your job is to demonstrate your fit and thus make it obvious to them. And from there, trust them that they want to do their, the job as well as possible. The part that I want to tack on is, unfortunately, so many job hunters are not particularly respectful or courteous to the corporate recruiter and try and circumvent them wherever possible. And frankly, I've found so many exceptionally talented uh, HR professionals who are viewed highly by their organizations. You know, when it comes time to an offer, uh, to extend an offer, they can be your biggest champion to getting hired or neutral or negative. You can't ignore people in Emily's seat because, frankly, they can make the difference with a few words positively or negatively in whether you get hired or not, and whether you get the top dollar or a little bit less. How did I do there? Sounds great. The other side of it that I do want to add on all of that about the core values and showing that you're a fit for the organization you kind of already mentioned, Jeff, with that there are some companies who don't embody their values. They don't embody their mission statement. And so you always have to remember that interviewing goes both ways. You always have the power as the individual to say, I am no longer interested in this job. I'm no longer interested in this organization and any interview process. I would love it if more people self-selected out instead of trying to fight for a job. I know you need a job, but you're not going to be happy here. And if you already know that in your heart of hearts, do yourself a favor and spend more time looking elsewhere, finding that organization that you're going to be a long-term better fit for. It's so important that interviewing goes both ways, that you're comfortable as well. Well said. Emily, thank you. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few ways to get even more from me. First of all, Visit my website, www.thebiggamehunter.us. I have several thousand blog posts there that you can watch, listen to, or read to help you find your next job. If you want the best of my advice, join JobSearchCoachingHQ.com, where I've curated my information with a focus on interviewing. If you have a few questions, contact me through the Magnify app for iOS. That's Magnify with an I at the end or PrestoExperts.com where you can call me. Schedule a specific time with me through chat on Magnify or by connecting with me on LinkedIn at LinkedIn.com forward slash IN forward slash The Big Game Hunter. Once we're connected on LinkedIn, you can message me about coaching you, speaking with me about a resume or LinkedIn profile critique, help with a salary negotiation, my trusted advisor services, as well as scheduling me through for Magnify or for PrestoExperts.com. Like you, I don't work for free.
You can also take my classes on Skillshare and become a premium member using the link in the show notes and receive two months for free instead of just the one that the site offers. Skillshare offers thousands of courses, not just simply mine. It is a great resource in a variety of different areas. Subscribe to my other podcast, which is called Job Search Radio. This one is number one in Apple Podcasts. Job Search Radio is number two. Subscribe to both. You will get great information seven days a week from this show, six days a week from the other. Lastly, I want to encourage you to join my group on Facebook called Career Angles. It's free to the first 500 people who join and is focused on helping you do better at work. Information is shared daily and we're building a supportive group there to provide advice and counsel during difficult times. Again, the group on Facebook is called Career Angles. I'll be back tomorrow with more. In the meantime, have a great day. Be great. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. (sighs) Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. At the Home Depot, we improve things. This holiday season, we've improved Black Friday. Instead of one day of crazy, we've lowered prices now, and they'll stay low all season. From decorations to dishwashers, wreaths to ratchet sets. So sleep in. You're not going to miss Black Friday. Not one little bit. Black Friday improved. The best prices of the year already here at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. U.S. only, Wasp last. See store for details.